Welcome to Acres of Nature, a podcast brought to you by United Utilities. I'm Emma Clark, and in this series, we're exploring what makes our little patch of the Northwest extra special. In this episode, we're heading up into Cumbria, into the Lake District, to Horswater. Horswater Reservoir is at the heart of the Lake District, and the area around the reservoir is absolutely stunning. John Gorst is United Utilities' catchment partnership officer and told us what makes it such a wonderful place to come and visit. Horswater is a, a special place. It's, it's one of the, the quieter parts of, of the National Park. Obviously, you know, the central lakes and particularly where our other estate is at Thirlmere can be very, very busy. Horswater, because, because of where it is and because the infrastructure isn't there, there aren't main roads running right through the estate. Um, in fact, the only road into into Horswater has a dead end at the end of the reservoir, so you're not going anywhere else if you come here. So we tend to get people who are coming specifically for, for this as a destination. Generally hill walkers, a lot of fell runners, um, and other people just looking to get out into the, into the fresh air. John continued by explaining why Horswater plays a crucial role. We're in the, the north-eastern corner of the Lake District National Park, um, uh, right on the edge of... Um, of Cumbria really. Um, we're the largest UU state in Cumbria, so 10,000 hectares as I said, and we've also got the largest reservoir in, in UU, so um, we, we're kind of looking after critical critical asset here. So what Horswater, how Horswater behaves dictates how the company responds in terms of drought, drought incidents and things like that. So, so what happens here is a crit, forms a critical part of the sort of integrated network and, and how the business responds to things. So Horswater's a really important place and it doesn't take long when you're walking around to appreciate the nature and wildlife on offer too. You can hear the trickle of water, the birdsong, the distant noise of sheep. In fact, the only thing you can't hear is other people. It feels like you're really in the wilderness here. When visiting Horswater, John shares what you should look out for. Um, the estate itself has a lot of really interesting um, features. We have a large native red deer herd, which, you know, people will come specifically to see the deer rut in the back end of the year, sort of October, November time. And that can be really impressive with, you know, large stags bellowing on the, on the hillside. And, uh, you know, the, the, those, those sorts of things are, are things that you can't see everywhere. Um, and they're not necessarily unique to Horswater, but they're certainly things that people will come for uh, specifically to see. And obviously we have our red squirrel population and other wildlife interests uh, within the estate. Horswater is a really interesting place because it's one of a number of places where United Utilities work in partnership with other organisations to manage the land, to look after it and to keep it special. In fact, working on these partnerships is John's main focus here. He elaborated on how he works with partners like RSPB to manage the land. So my role within the catchment team uh, is to be the, I guess, the sort of focal point for our partnership working on, on land management projects. So at Horswater, obviously, uh, a key partner for us here are the RSPB. We have uh, just signed a, um, an MOU between the two organisations and um, we have a sort of jointly signed up to management plan for, for the estate or the parts of the estate that come under their tenure. There are some practical considerations to the partnerships too. I suppose the other thing that, that they bring to the table is, is, is a wealth of expertise on, on sort of wildlife management, biodiversity, habitat restoration, 
you know, we, we possess quite a lot of experience within our own EU teams, but um, we're spread very thinly, I think it's fair to say, you know, we have a lot of, a lot of land to cover. So working in partnership with other organisations is really important to manage this land properly. United Utilities and the RSPB come together to use each other's expertise in different disciplines, making sure that this area is properly looked after. We'll hear more about the RSPB shortly, but first I want to introduce you to Heather Devi. As well as her role with the RSPB, Heather works on a United Utilities and RSPB initiative called Wild Horsewater. It's a great example of a different kind of partnership focused on responsible management of the land. Wild Horsewater run events for people to visit Horsewater and enjoy incredible experiences with the wildlife here. Heather told us what it's all about. So we found out quite recently really, in the past couple of years, that Horsewater really is a hidden gem, not many people know about it and we kind of quite like it that way. So we like when people come that they don't feel crowded by lots of other visitors. So we've developed this event programme in order to, to bring groups that are really interested to come and see the wildlife without having a, a mass kind of impact of footfall on the reserve. And how do people find out about Heather's escapes? We're in a pretty remote part of the country after all. Heather said it was simple. So we tend to lure people out initially through social media. So we've got the Wild Horsewater Twitter account and we've got Facebook and YouTube and Instagram um, just to reach those diverse audiences that um, we otherwise might not be able to reach. So we lure them through social media, we get them here and then we keep in touch through social media and a newsletter as well. Once Heather's lured people in through social media, she says it's important to get them off their phones and immersed in nature. So it's really vital that we do connect with nature. We were born with this innate, uh, instinctive connection to nature, but we just seem to lose it. And a lot of people feel like they've got that kind of missing part of them, or at least this is the feedback I've had. And then when they do have those close encounters with nature, they feel like it's been brought back a little bit. And just sitting out in birdsong, just going out, experiencing the trees, the flowers, whether it's on a reserve or locally, it is proven to improve well-being and improve uh, mental health all round. And to have those close connections with nature, you then create a love for it and you create a passion and a drive to protect it. So by engaging people with nature, you then actually help to protect nature too. There are plenty of benefits to bringing people out to this part of the world and to engage with nature. And as Heather said, it's actually good for the local environment too. She describes how ecotourism helps to create healthy local economies without impacting precious habitats. So ecotourism is, in its most basic sense, um, having a good natural ecosystem that you can introduce people to. But by introducing them to it, you don't have a negative impact on it. So with the badger hide, for example, we don't have the hide at a set. We prevent disturbance to the badgers. We're just delivering um, a new program of memorial trees or a celebration wood. And we're hoping that by traveling here, people can then offset their carbon through tree planting as well. So it's all of these things to consider through ecotourism. 
So Heather and Wild Horsewater are focused on connecting people with nature, doing it in a way that protects and preserves those local habitats. And protecting habitats is a key part of responsible land management at Horsewater. John Gorst earlier mentioned that really important partnership with the RSPB. We spoke to Lee Schofield, who's the RSPB Senior Site Manager at Horsewater, to find out how they go about it. We've been working in partnership with United Utilities on the catchment for a really long time actually. So since 1969 we've had a presence in the area. Um, our main involvement early on was all around um, breeding golden eagles. So the only breeding golden eagles in the whole country were on the Horsewater catchment. Um, they arrived back in 1969. They stayed resident in the area for several decades. But the partnership these days goes well beyond breeding golden eagles. In fact, the RSPB's work at Horsewater extends well beyond birds. Lee told us about the work that the RSPB do around farming and land management. In partnership with United Utilities, with a jointly signed up management plan, we're trying to find ways to integrate ecological recovery with hill farming. Um, so everything that we do is focused on um, enhancing the land for water quality and for wildlife. So United Utilities' main interest is, is making the land work as a better filter for water. So by doing things like tree planting and roughing up the vegetation through different grazing regimes, um, that sort of filters the water, allows it to reach the reservoir in, in, a, in a better condition than it would do otherwise. And all of those interventions are things that are also really good for wildlife. So it's a really good partnership between two organisations with, you know, what you'd think of as being quite different um, objectives, but actually finding that the same interventions work for both of us. Lee continued to tell us more about what the partnership looks like. We recently signed a memorandum of understanding between RSPB and United Utilities. Um, we've been working together for a long time, as I say, but actually this is the first time we've really sort of um, captured what our partnership is all about. And it has a nice, neat strap line, which is good for water, good for wildlife, good for people. And it's all about that, really. It's about us recognising that there are these huge threats coming to land. Um, climate change could, you know, have a huge impact on how water is gathered you know droughts and storms and you know mixing up the weather patterns is going to make life really difficult for for managing land for water and it's going to make life really difficult for populations of wild animals as well um, so the, the, the memorandum of understanding was all about just recognizing that these challenges affect both of us and that by working together we can really try to to, to address some of them in a really significant way. It's interesting to hear about the RSPB's diverse work with United Utilities. When you think about the RSPB, you think about birds, don't you? I mean, the clues in the name. Lee explained to us that the RSPB's interests are much wider. We have always been about much more than birds. You know, we're looking after land in its totality, really. Um, the agricultural side of things is massively important to us, so the UK has a higher proportion of agricultural land than any other country almost in the world, it's like 70% of the, the, the UK land area is used for agriculture. And although there are fantastic nature reserves across the place, they can only ever do so much, so we need wildlife to be able to thrive on farmland if we want healthy populations of, of wild birds and, and all other wildlife. So we do a huge amount of work in, in advisory, um, you know, tr helping farmers to access funding to farm in a more nature friendly way, um, you know, from, from arable farms in Cambridgeshire to, to sort of the hill farms of the Lake District. So one of the reasons for us to take these, these farms at Horswater on was to, to kind of facilitate our own learning, to understand what interventions 
work for nature to inform our advisory work to, to encourage others to do, to do similar work, really. We asked Lee to provide us with an insight into what his day-to-day -day role looks like. So my day-to-day -day is really quite varied. Um, so, I mean, as a site manager, I have quite a lot of uh, admin and, and sort of there's a fair bit of bureaucracy working for a big organisation like ours. Um, I've got a team, so we're, I'm one of a team of 10 now that work here. So, um, you know, lots of staff management, all that kind of stuff. But the best days for me are when I'm out and about, um, you know, carrying out surveys for the birds or for the wildflowers to see how things are responding to the management that we're doing, you know, checking on our livestock, checking on our fences. Um, and then I do a lot of sort of communication work, meeting with people, demonstrating the work that we're doing to others. So I think a key aspect of our work here is, is about that demonstration. There's lots of concern around um, you know, landscape change at the moment. You know, we're in the middle of a, a climate and a biodiversity crisis and there is a growing acceptance that we need to change how land works in order to, to address those you know, um, massive existential threats really. Um, but people understandably are concerned about what that might look like. So because we've been here for close to a decade now, doing lots of different things, lots of work that is helping to address those problems, um, it's a really useful place for people to come and visit and see what that looks like, see what the economic impacts of those approaches are, see that it still supports people working in jobs, working on the land, um, and just tries to allay some of those concerns that it might lead to sort of rural depopulation and land abandonment and that sort of thing. Now, like a lot of the UK, much of the land in Cumbria has been used for traditional farming practices for hundreds of years. What Lee is saying is that, on balance, things need to change a little bit in order to protect the planet, to encourage wildlife and to restore habitats. It doesn't sound like an easy sell. So how does Lee go about introducing different land management practices to this part of the world? So what I hope that we're doing here is demonstrating approaches that other people might feel are appropriate for them. So we're not telling, we're showing. Um, and that I think is absolutely critical. I, I, I try not to kind of lump farmers into one big box because, you know, just like conservationists or filmmakers or whatever, you know, they are all individuals with their own individual motivations. Um, and some, an increasing number actually, are really, really engaged and excited about what the future offers. You know, farmers and conservationists actually, I think, have a lot more in common than people probably generally appreciate. We're all motivated by wanting to work outdoors, wanting to kind of shape and steward the land in a way. We've got different motivations in some respects, but actually, you know, there's a, there's a lot more that kind of unites us than divides us. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's about working with um, individuals that are open to, to kind of, you know, engaging and talking to us and, and learning. And we can obviously learn from them as well. It's a completely, you know, two way street um, rather than just thinking we must change the farming community. You know, so it's it's building those individual relationships and, you know, trying to get sort of quality sort of one to one time with people to to show them what change might look and feel like. Fascinating listening to Lee's insight into working with United Utilities in such a diverse place as Horsewater. We'll hear more from Lee later on. Now I want to introduce you to Dave Oakley-Jenner. He works for United Utilities as the catchment controller here at Horsewater. And if you've listened to Acres of Nature before, you'll know that catchment controllers are experts on their areas. They deal with nature, water and visitors and work with teams to make sure their catchments are in the best shape possible. Dave told us why he loves working at Horsewater. 
basically the 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 greatest thing about pause water for the visitor is the fact that you are 15 minutes off the m6 but you could be anywhere in the world um, the lake district fantastic national park and the visitor is coming for that feeling of wilderness this isn't keswick this isn't windermere this is hawes water it's natural enjoyment it's rugged landscapes it's amazing scenery and and the the thing the visitor gets is that wow i'm in the middle of nowhere i could be you know canada anywhere anywhere in the world and actually you know you're not you're not a million miles away from from manchester newcastle glasgow and for visitors it's simply an amazing place to experience. There is a walk uh, around the reservoir that's very popular. Um, it's it's on a, a national park footpath on the west side. And on the east side, it follows the, the tarmac road, just really for operational reasons more than anything. Um, but yeah, it's um, there's there's Wainwrights here. Um, there's the, the, the old Roman road of High Street um, once you get up onto the top. So you can be a beginner. You can have your trainers on. You can get that wilderness experience, or as a hardened walker, you can you can walk all the way through the Lake District, a la the Romans um, back back during the conquest. So yeah, it's a it's a pretty special place for for people. We've got fantastic facilities for bird watching. Um, you know, there's osprey. Unfortunately, there's no eagle anymore, but the, the, there's certainly a lot to to keep bird watchers happy. So yeah. in his role, Dave also focuses on partnerships. And he explained to us how the partnership with the RSPB works for United Utilities to enhance the visitor experience, to protect the environment and ultimately to improve water quality. We've always interacted uh, really well, I think, with the RSPB and their guys on the ground. Um, and and it, it's great because we're, we're quite a small team from United Utilities that actually look after Horsewater. So it's great having the RSPB guys and their volunteers coming through um, to keep help keep an eye on things for us because it, the, there is a, a, a crossover in, in, in the way we, we work and we can't always be on the ground checking the footpaths, you know, clearing away litter. Um, and the, the RSPB are, are great for sort of being there and, and passing information on to us so we can do something about it as the, as the landowner. So let's hear about how that partnership between the RSPB and United Utilities works in practice. One project that both Dave and Lee talked about was a river restoration project that their teams worked on together. Here's Lee Schofield from the RSPB again. Our highest profile project that we've delivered has been the river restoration in Swindale. Um, so at least a couple of hundred years ago, the river was straightened by the people that were living in the valley, basically to protect their hay meadows. So the hay meadows are absolutely critical to the survival of, of any farm working in a sort of remote rural environment, or at least they certainly were until a hundred years ago or so, when you didn't have the option of just going and buying more feed if you lost your own crop. Um, so the river was straightened to basically accelerate water through the valley as quickly as possible, um, which you know made total sense for the people at the time. You know, they weren't thinking about the fact that that increased downstream flood risk for people. They weren't thinking about the fact that it stripped out all the the sort of the gravel that the salmon and the trout needed to spawn in. Um, so it made perfect sense for them at that time. When we took on the tenancies in 2011 and 12, we could see that the river was in a, effectively a really degraded state as a result of that work that had been done. The bed level had built up, so the river was sort of perched, it was sitting above the surrounding floodplain. It had these big banks that had been built up. It was really, really lacking in the kind of habitat that you would want a natural river to have. 
So in 2016, um, with funding from the Environment Agency, United Utilities, Natural England and ourselves, we, um, we, we basically put natural bends back into that river. So we could see from aerial photos sort of ghosts of channels that were in the floodplain. Um, and then using those and a sort of a, a digital terrain model that was created by a drone flying over it, we could see where the river really should be in a, in a more natural setting. So um, the work was fairly straightforward in a way. It was basically just kind of removing the turf to expose river gravel that was underneath because rivers are dynamic. So over the course of centuries, millennia, that river probably occupied every point along that floodplain at some point in the past. So exposing the river gravel underneath, allowing the water to come back in, as soon as that happened, all the sort of riffles and the pools and the bars and all that sort of thing just, just formed spontaneously because of the way the river's sort of moving the gravel on the, on the bed around the place. Um, and within a couple of months of us having finished the work, salmon were, were back in and spawning in the beck and there was no opportunity for them to do so in the old, in the old channel just because the bed was just made up of these great big boulders because all the other stuff had been washed away. So, um, you know, a fantastic project from a biodiversity point of view not by itself going to stop Carlisle from flooding because we're at the very, you know, the very top of the Eden catchment, but actually to demonstrate to others that these kind of interventions can work alongside a farming operation to try to inspire others to do it. If lots of people were doing those sorts of projects, then actually, you know, it really could add up to a big, uh, a really big benefit. So by having the river kind of uh, more sinuous and, and, and longer, um, the water just flows through it more slowly and having taken out the banks, the water can get out onto the floodplain more easily, but also back in again. So it operates as a, as a sort of natural river floodplain system should now. John Gorst, who we spoke to earlier, provided us with more detail on United Utilities' partnership with the RSPB and the shared objectives for the future of the area. Now, interestingly here, our partnership is one where by the RSPB are a, an agricultural tenant of ours, running the farms, but we also have shared objectives around the sort of long-term future of, of the catchment and, and land improvement. You know, we've got a lot of similar uh, aims as organisations, so it's bringing those two organisations together to the benefit of, of both, both organisations. So RSPB most recently have, have been able to bring external funding to the project that we as a FTSE 100 water company wouldn't have been able to, to access through through DEFRA's green recovery so uh, and that helps us to develop novel things such as the the new tree nursery here uh, which will provide locally native plants for our own catchment restoration purposes so it, it's very much to use advantage and it helps us to tap into these other these other sort of resources if you like so there we have it it's fair to say that Horswater is an absolutely beautiful place to come and visit and it stays that way thanks to the work of some great organisations coming together and working with local communities to help manage the land and protect and preserve nature and the natural features that you find here. I'd like to thank our guests in today's episode, John Gorst, Heather Devy, Lee Schofield and Dave Oakley-Jenner. And thanks to our partners at the RSPB for sharing their time and expertise with us for this episode and for the continued partnership at Horsewater. Most of all, thanks to you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more from United Utilities, you can find the Acres of Nature series wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find more information about some of our incredible recreational sites at unitedutilities.com forward slash acres of nature. See you soon. <laughs>